Welcome to the Ignite Podcast, the Law Student Series, and I'm your host, Aisha, lawyer, writer, and dog mom. Each week, we'll dive into the ins and outs of going to the UK for law school and what it takes to come back and qualify as a lawyer in Canada. Hi guys, welcome to the first episode of the Ignite Podcast. I am so excited that you decided to take a little bit of time out of your day to give me a listen and see what I have to say. I've been planning to do this podcast for about a year and a half now, and so now that I'm finally sitting in front of my microphone, I am so glad to say that it is finally in production. (laughs) The reason I decided to do this podcast is purely because I went away to law school, and when I came back, I realized there was no one resource that I could turn to that could give me all the answers. And it was a lot of piecing the missing pieces and contacting different people and trying to figure out what do I do and how do I do it. So that's where the idea from, for this podcast was born. Basically, what I intend to do is provide you with some study tips, whether you're in law school or you're finished law school, but now you're doing your NCA exams, which are, if you do, if you're doing it, you know, it's the National Committee on Accreditation Exams, which aren't that much fun, but they're definitely doable with a little bit of guidance. Study tips are important and everybody wants to know how to study, what's the best way to study. But Even before that, when you're making the decision to go to the UK for law school, or you might even decide that you want to go to Australia, there are so many things that you need to keep in mind before you even get on that plane to fly across the ocean or fly across to the other side of the world. So I'm going to talk a little bit about that, how to find a place to live, how to make new friends when you're living in a new country. What is an Oyster card? How do you use it? If you've done an undergrad in Canada, or anywhere to be honest, you know that sometimes going to university can be tough and you don't necessarily take time to take care of yourself. So also we're going to address how to cope with the demands of law school, how to take some time to take care of yourself so that you don't fall through the cracks. And then when you come back to Canada... What do you do next? Do you article? Do you do the LPP if you're living in Ontario? And what does it look like? What is the day-to-day for articling? And what is the day-to-day for an LPP student? And what is the difference? There are so many things to consider when you decide that you want to be a lawyer, but you don't necessarily want to stay in Canada. For whatever reason, you decide that you're going to go to the UK or you're going to go to Australia. That's great. You've made that decision. Now what? So that's what we're going to talk about in this podcast. And of course, if you have any burning questions that you really want me to talk about, please feel free to reach out to me on any of my social platforms, and I'll be happy to try and make an episode just regarding that. So who am I, and why do I think that I'm the person that is qualified to do this podcast and talk about this subject? Well, I'm Aisha, if you didn't listen to the intro, and I'm a lawyer who went to law school in London, and I have to tell you, it was the most amazing experience of my life. Years ago, 
I did my undergrad at Ryerson University in Toronto, and before that, I studied fashion management at George Brown College. I loved it, but I always had this little spark in me that was really interested in law, but I just didn't know if I'd be able to merge my creative side with that side of me that was really interested in law. Eventually, when I was at Ryerson University, I took a course that was information technology law, and that is where I realized that I could actually get into something called intellectual property law. Instantly, I saw how I would be able to merge my interest in fashion with my interest in law, and that took form of copyrights and trademarks. Knowing that I'd figured out a path roughly where I wanted to go, I decided to start focusing my efforts on trying to get into law school. So I looked at every option that I thought was available to me. I was looking in Ontario, I did the LSAT, sat through it a couple times, and really did not enjoy it. Then one day, I went to a career fair at Ryerson, and there was a man there who was explaining that you could go to law school in the UK for two years, and then you would come back with a law degree that would transfer over to Canada. Well, of course, I was very interested because I had always wanted to live abroad and try out living in Europe, and especially London. So I thought this was probably something that I should look into. So I applied, and I got accepted into all five law schools that I applied to. I was so excited because in Ontario, rejections are a little bit more common than acceptances. So to get accepted to five different schools, I was over the moon. Eventually, after a lot of conversation with my parents, back and forth, back and forth, I decided to go to the city law school at the University of London. And I'm so glad that we made that decision because I don't think that anything could beat the three years that I spent there. And yes, I say three years because in the end, I decided that I wanted to do three years rather than two. The reason for that, and I'll explain this more when we have an episode regarding the two-year versus the three-year program in the UK, but I decided that law school in Ontario in Canada is three years. So if I'm going to go live abroad and have this amazing experience, why not enjoy it to the fullest? And instead of cramming the courses into two years just to get it done and over with, I wanted to savor my time abroad. So three years just seemed to fit me better. Plus, I wanted to be able to spend a full year taking in a course rather than trying to learn it within three months. I don't really learn well that way. I like to take my time and I don't like to feel rushed because then I don't feel like I learn things properly. So I ended up living in London for four years because I also decided to work in London for a year because why not? I was there. (laughs) It did cause a couple of visa problems for me, but I'll get into that on another episode as well. Part of going into law school in England at the age of 24 meant that I was a little bit older than my classmates. So what I found was that I really had to go out of my way to make new friends. This was purely because at 18 years old, their first time away from home, their first time at university, my classmates and I didn't have that many things in common. So eventually, I joined the website called meetup.com. And somehow or the other, I ended up with an amazing group of South African friends. 
Another story I'll get into at another time, but I have to say that those people are some of the most amazing people that I've ever met, and I still talk to almost daily, and I miss them dearly every single day, and I try and visit as much as possible. When I came back to Canada in 2015, I was so heartbroken to leave my friends behind, but I was looking forward to get on the next stage of this journey to becoming a lawyer, and that involved doing the NCA exams. So for those of you that don't know, that's the National Committee on Accreditation. They basically look at your transcripts and decide how many exams that you have to do to make sure that your law degree can be transferred over in Canada. So for me, because I did a three-year program, I only had to do five exams which worked out well because I had some friends that had to do seven or eight exams. And my plan was just to get them over with so that I could move on to the next step and try and find articling. So when I came back from London, then I just sat for three months straight at my desk studying nonstop. And I wrote all five exams in one week, Monday to Friday, no breaks, three hour exams every single day. It was exhausting but thankfully I passed and then started the whole process of trying to find articling and that was a whole other mission trying to find articling as an internationally trained student is not the easiest because unlike our Canadian counterparts we don't have anyone coming to our campuses to interview us for jobs So a lot of the jobs that are in the firms are already taken by University of Toronto, Osgoode, um, and other Canadian law school students. So for those of us trained abroad, we have a little bit more legwork to do. And it's a little bit more difficult because a lot of lawyers think that they can get you for free or very, very little pay because you desperately want articling. And while it's not fair, unfortunately, that is the reality that is out there these days. And I did interview in some of those places. And after those interviews, I promptly walked out because I knew that that is not what I spent all these years studying to do. And I knew I deserved better. So instead, I continued to look for articling, and in the meantime, the Kennedy sisters, an amazing team of realtors in Oakville, took me on as their admin assistant while I was looking for an articling position. I also decided that in the meantime, while I was looking, I would register to do the LPP or the law practice program. In case I didn't find articling, then I could start the law practice program in that summer. Unfortunately, no articling positions came through, so I decided to stick with the LPP and do that. And honestly, I have to say I'm so happy that I made that decision. At this point in my law journey, I had decided that I was really interested in working in-house. Having spoken to a couple of people um, who were in-house lawyers, I found that I liked the idea of being able to work Um, in an environment that wasn't just lawyers and that you got to work with different departments of a company and the company was your client. This meant that every day you would have something different come across your desk and I loved the fact that there would be variety and I wouldn't be pigeonholed into one type of law. So I figured the LPP was probably the best bet for that because in past years 
most of the placements were actually in big corporations. So this is what I did. And I ended up with a placement at Sears Canada. Yes, the big department store that has been around forever. Unfortunately, not around any longer. But I loved working there. It was everything I thought it would be. And it literally was my dream job right off the bat. I got to do all different types of things, including intellectual property. Every day was something different. And I just loved being able to interact with the different departments of the company. I loved that one day I'd be called in to do a coffee tasting, and then another day I'd be working on a contract with a chocolate company. Also, because it was the year of Canada's 150th birthday, I would get a lot of requests for permission to use photos from our archives in different types of Canada 150 events and exhibitions. It was everything I could have dreamed of in a job, and I loved going in every single day. Not to mention the sample sales were also pretty good. After my placement was over, I got hired back and I was so excited to be working there beyond what I was expecting. But as most of you know, those of you who follow the news or if you've been to your local mall recently, Sears went bankrupt and shut down. So that one day in June, 300 of us were laid off and unfortunately I lost my job. I was devastated. As devastated as I was, I couldn't let that stop me. So within a couple weeks, I used my connections and I found myself a part-time job with a trademark lawyer. I figured it was time to start focusing on what got me into law school in the first place. And I enjoyed it. But then I started to think that I needed something more. So while I was doing trademark work and I was also doing copyright infringement cases, I decided to start my own practice. And since starting my own practice, it has grown into something that I never expected. I'm doing mentoring now for students who are thinking about going abroad and what it takes to go to law school in England and then come back to Canada and qualify here as a lawyer. It's a bit of a process, but it's definitely doable. In total, it took me about six years from the day that I first set foot at City Law School until the day I walked across the stage at Roy Thompson Hall and accepted my Barrister and Solicitor Certificate. And that was probably one of the happiest days in my life. It definitely made all those tears, those late night study sessions, all of it worth it. Well, if you've made it this far, thank you for listening. Thank you for listening to my story. I hope I didn't bore you too badly. I hope you'll come back next week when I'm going to talk study tips. I use these methods through law school and well into studying for the NCAs, and I'm pretty sure this is why I was able to write five exams in one week and pass them. If you head on over to my website, ignitelaw.ca, you'll be able to download a free study note template that I'm going to explain in the podcast next week. I truly believe that this template is the key to being able to organize your notes in the most efficient way, whether you're in law school or whether you're an NCA candidate. So I hope you're going to join me next week when we talk all about it. That's it for this week's episode of the Ignite podcast. Be sure to visit my website, ignitelaw.ca for blogs and to sign up for the newsletter so you don't miss out on a single thing. Or you can find me on Facebook at Ignite Law and Instagram at IgniteLaw underscore T-O. If you enjoyed this episode, please rate, review, and subscribe. It means so much to me. 
Thanks for listening, and I'll be back in your ears next week.